It's a mini episode. Oh. <laughs> oh, isn't that sweet? I love it. It's so sweet. It's from a mini person for a mini episode. <laughs> I thought that was fitting oh. to have her be a mini episode. I love, love that. I know. Do you love it, Nessie? Yeah. Nessie loves it so much. Yeah, Nessie. Sorry, you can't be the you mini episode be- person, but you can't speak English. Okay. Hello, welcome to the Hello. second mini episode. Mini. Mini episodes. We're so excited for uh, this next mini episode and mini episodes to follow because they're fun. I like reading other people's shit instead of too. having to write my own shit. It takes the pressure off. It does take the pressure because off Because if us. anyone judges us, it's not, it's not ours. It's not ours. It's not our, it's not our bullshit. Just sign it. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, Nessie. How do you feel about that one? So we are here on a Saturday. We usually record on a weekday. So mm-hmm. today we are different. We have some wine. We have wine. Oh, it's <laughs> we're, we're going to see a show tonight. We are. We're going to see Girl from the North Country. I straight up walked mm-hmm. into your apartment and said, do you have wine? <laughs> and you said, I have so much wine. And it was magic. So much wine. And Ugh. we're ordering more in case we get quarantined. So. I get quarantined. I'm coming here. Sorry, Dave and Butters. <laughs> we have, have so, so much, much food, stuff. so much food, medicine, <sighs> wine. Gonna get lit. <laughs> it's gonna get lit on the Upper West Side. Woo! Okay. So which episodes are we, which uh, letters are we doing? Okay. So we're doing an episode from Lauren Moran. Oh, Laws. I love Laws. And okay. then we are also doing an episode or a, a letter from um, Angeliza. Okay. Um, and she is the one who wrote about grief. Right, right, right. So okay. um, I was thinking that we could, if you want to read your friend Lauren's, we can. I would love to. Let me pull yeah. this up real um, quick. It's actually in a folder. I put it in a folder. <gasps> you did Mini episode letters. Is that it? It's at the top. Look at you. And it says Lauren Moran, letter for podcast. Oh, look at that. And she's like, pictures? Well, I, I messaged both of them asking if we can add some pictures to our Instagram and hey. tag them. That way, if you guys have like a public Instagram or have stuff to, to show, you can we can promote people as well. So let me tell you about Lauren real quick. Okay. She is a friend of Dave's. Oh, okay. We met through Dave. And I have never in my life met a more generous, kind, caring person. Mm-hmm. So perfect example, she has season tickets to the Brooklyn Nets. And anytime they play the 76ers, which is Dave's favorite team, she, she gives Dave and I tickets. Wow. Because she knows they're Dave's favorite team. Like, she is just the kindest, sweetest person. And so I asked her to write a letter. Yeah. And she goes, when do you need a buy? I said, oh, whenever. You know, we do mini episodes. Yeah, she, yeah, she, she wrote it a while ago. She wrote it within an hour. Yeah. Yeah, we got that. That I was lo- pretty quick. loving it. But I was like, I would have been fine in a week. But she is the kindest. So I'm super, super pumped to read her letter. Yeah. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear like too. a yeah, super successful it. adult. She's like the friend that I look at and think, Wow. Oh, you're a grown-up. You have. You you got your shit together. Yeah. Great. Okay. I'm so excited. <clears throat> Dear me, there are so many things I could say to you, things I wish I had known when I was you. Some of them would help you. Some of them would save you some real heartache. Some of them you'd ignore and could only ever learn for yourself when you were ready. Some of them would make you angry, and I'd rather give you a few years before you had to learn some ugly truths. But all of them can be instilled in those two words, love me. Love yourself enough to know when someone doesn't deserve your love. This is hard, but you'll get better at it over time. There will be a couple of spectacular failures while you figure it out. Forgive yourself for those. But with each attempt, you'll learn a little more and love yourself a little better. 
Love yourself enough to always demand the best of your smell self. The best of your smells. Your smells. The best of your smells. It's the best of yourself. <laughs> Love yourself to always demand the best of yourself. You're smart, motivated, talented, and have great worth work ethic. That's all true. She yeah. does. You're a good friend and a wonderful sister. It will be a long time before you understand that admitting those things, even to yourself, isn't arrogant or boastful. You've achieved a lot and you'll achieve a lot more. You can be proud of yourself and still be humble. That's so true. Mm-hmm. I think when you when you say like, I'm a really good girlfriend, I'm a good daughter, I'm a good sister. Yeah. Like, or even if you say anything, like when you say, I'm a good singer. Yeah. I'm a good actress. I'm a good performer. I'm a good podcaster. Like it's you, not, it's not being boastful. You, no. If you're good at math, you say you're good at math because right. you're good at it. But also it's something, and maybe this is not gender specific, but I do feel like women do it more often where mm-hmm. we, we try to have false humility and humble ourselves and, and diminish our achievements rather than saying I am these things and it's also the imposter syndrome yes you feel like you're a constant imposter to what you're doing like I shouldn't be here I don't deserve this I'm Mm -hmm. I am not worthy of this I'm an imposter and I I deal with that to this day oh my god me too I think everybody does even the most successful women yeah one day we won't we'll figure it out maybe let's hope so but you're right you can be proud of yourself and still be humble I think that's a really really good point thanks Lauren for that thanks Lauren The flip side of demanding a lot of yourself is you'll have high expectations of others too and they won't always be met. Other people won't always be able to give you what you want or need. You have to take responsibility for that yourself. But that doesn't mean it's not okay to need others. You are and always will be blessed with amazing friends and family. They want to be there for you. Let them. That's true too though. It's it's always hard to to let somebody in and let mm-hmm. then say I need help, can you help me? Cuz it feels such a vul- like you're putting yourself in such a vulnerable state. Yeah. Because yes, the worst thing they can say is no, but like sometimes that is the, the worst, worst thing, thing they can, can say. The worst thing you can hear. Yeah. And so and and having having the the high expectations of other people mm-hmm. and not having them be met, I feel that in my core. Yeah. Like when you just expect people will do things to the level of work at which you do them. And then when they don't, you're shocked. It's like doing the science project all by yourself. Ugh, I fucking hate group projects. <laughs> I was always the person that was like, can I just be alone? Can yeah. I just do my project alone? Yeah, can I just? None of y'all ever did your work. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Ugh, I'm taking my bra off. I'm getting real cozy here today. <laughs> yeah. Glass of wine, bra off. I always want you to be happy and you'll be happier if you learn to let things go. This is going to be tough for you because your mother instilled in you a fierce sense of fairness. But life isn't always fair. Keep enough of that passion to fuel the fire in your belly, but try not to let it burn you down. When you were a kid, was was life pretty fair for your siblings and you? Um, or did you ever find it fair being the middle child? I think I, I, I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. My gut and maybe that's just because I was a child and I'm sure that my parents did everything they could to make it fair, but kids automatically think things aren't fair, especially when it comes to siblings. Like I remember my little sister and I saw a rated R movie at the same time and that really pissed me off. And then I remember when I got into eighth grade and she was in sixth grade, we had to share our first cell phone and that pissed me off because I was in eighth grade and she was two years younger than me. Yeah. And that really drove like little things like that or my older sister and I still joke about this. You, we had to do marching band until the end of eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, or you, well, let me rephrase. You had to play an instrument until was the end of eighth grade. Was that your family's? That was my family's rule. Okay. But my little sister got to quit in like fifth grade. Oh, God. And Meg goes, my older sister said, I sat in that chair pretending to play the clarinet for two years. 
every morning. <laughs> she And the, finally, the director comes up to her and goes, can you please just quit? You're not even playing. <laughs> and she goes, my mom says I have to be here till eighth grade. <laughs> oh, my God. So I think, no. I, 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 and I know that there were things that I got that my sisters didn't because I was the pleaser. Yeah. Uh, like I got a longer curfew and I had a little bit more trust uh, from my parents because I never pushed boundaries. Right. But no, I think life isn't fair. What about you? Were things very fair on your end? No, not at yeah. all. So mm-hmm. like being the youngest, I oh, got... you were baby. Well, I got, I got a little more leeway with stuff. Like I got a cell phone probably when I was in sixth grade mm-hmm. and it was because I used to walk to my mom's work from school and we were okay. living in Chicago so like we like, oh yeah like so a it was of a safety Chicago. thing so it was a safety thing so my sister got pissed at that but <laughs> your because, sister and I could probably have a glass of wine about that but because my sister and brother fucked up in high school and oh. did some stuff I got to like I, I a lot of stuff was set on me to make oh. sure I didn't do that so yeah. I wasn't allowed to go sleep over at somebody's house oh. unless it was my best friend slash cousin Ashley I wasn't allowed to like I, I was allowed to have people over but I couldn't go over to people's houses for oh it had to be thing. your house it had to be my house but like my brother was throwing ragers in <sighs> high school <laughs> like at our house yeah but and then yeah, you I got probably the... could have done that but like I'm I'm not that it's, type of person yeah, so it's not your makeup and it makes sense and I know why my mom did it now it's interesting that you say that though because usually stereotypically the youngest one gets away with murder correct but and you had the opposite experience I have to ask my sister if she feels like I got away with murder which mm. I don't think it did because I was the angel. Now to finish this up, I could go on, travel, scuba dive, learn a language, get bangs, don't. Freeze your eggs, have your heart broken, but you already know all this, or you will soon enough. So good luck, me. Love, me. Freeze your eggs? Freeze your eggs. I guess she freezed her eggs. Really? She's truly one of the most successful people I've ever met. So I'm not surprised that she's like, her career trajectory has been like nutso bananas. Yeah. So, so my guess is that she's probably, you know, and now I don't have to worry about that. I think that's probably what it was. Okay. That makes sense. Why not? I was asked to, to like sell my eggs. Were you? Yeah. Oh. Like, because it was, I had a princess and somebody offered me like 60 grand. Oh. I, I would have been like, how many you want? Four, no, five, no. six, seven. <laughs> you want 10? You want 10 eggs for $600,000? <laughs> yeah, you could have my, you could have my entire ovary for 60 grand. Seriously? <laughs> probably. <laughs> I would a hundred percent do that. If somebody came up to me right now and said, can I have your eggs for 60 grand? I'd be like, but then you, but then you have a kid running around. Yeah. Like- as long as I would sign things that, like it's not mine, okay. I would do it. See, but in my flip side is, is that I would feel like, oh, this is part of me. Oh, see, and I'm like, I'm giving you part of me. You're welcome. I would 100% do it if oh. I could, but I can't even give um, blood, a bone marrow. Like Why? I can't because I have a, a blood clotting disorder, so they won't take my stuff. Oh. I want to give it. They won't take it. I passed out the first time I gave blood, and I've never oh, done it again. Oh, I always pass out. I passed out when they took a mole off my back two weeks ago. <laughs> what? Yeah. This, <laughs> so I go to the dermatologist, and uh, he's like, there's one on your chest and one on your back we should get rid of. And I was like, okay. And he's like, are you afraid of needles? And I was like, mm, I don't like them. I don't know of anybody that's pumped for needles. I'm not afraid of them. He's like, no, 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 it'll be fine. So he goes, we'll do the one on the back first. And he numbs them. So I'm not, I can't even feel it. Right. Yeah, I've gotten and plenty of moles removed. Me too. Not, usually not a big deal. And so I'm leaning over and he starts to scrape it off. And I, the last thing I remember saying is, I don't feel so good. 
Oh, God. And then I woke up on the table and he's like, oh, yeah, you passed out for about like 10, 15 seconds. It's like, it happens sometimes. What? Dave had to come pick me up. I was like, oh, I'm embarrassed. It's just a mole. Wow. Just a mole, though. <laughs> it's just a mole. Mole, 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 mole. Just a mole. Just a mole. But um, what were you talking about before? You that? can cut all that out. But like, <laughs> no one needs to hear about my mole. <laughs> you know, when I get like a shot or I get blood drawn, mm-hmm. I have to watch it. Do, do you? Do you look away? I can't look. I don't like when the skin pops back. Oh. Like when they put a needle in it, there's like a little oh, yeah. pop. That geezes me out. All they have to do is they have to they have to count down. Oh. And I, I'm like, I'm not going to tense up. I promise you because I don't. But I have to know it's coming. Oh, okay. It's not like three, two, or like three, boom, do it. I, someone did that for my flu shot. And I go, do you not know how to count? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, Can you like, count? Well, I didn't want you to tense up. I'm like, I'm an adult. I'm not going to tense up. I, just I told you I'm to not. Know. Yeah, I have to watch. You're brave. The full thing. And I wanted to be a nurse. And I can't even... Remember that? Like, I wanted to yeah. go to nursing school and I'm passing yeah. out and my moles get taken off. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get a little more um, oh personal and, a, and trigger warning. This is yes. dealing with grief. So, um, and grief of losing a parent. Yes. So if this is something that you've gone through or like are afraid to go through and you're afraid of talking about it even, um, just go ahead and, and we'll say goodbye to you now and that we'll see you guys in our yep. next episode. We'll see you next week. Thanks um, for coming yeah. by. Thanks for coming by. Um, no so, harm, no fall. Exactly. But for the, the, the rest of you who, who don't feel mm-hmm. the need, um, this is an episode or an episode, a letter written to us by Angeliza. And it starts, Dear T and Brooke, my name is Angeliza and I'm a fan of the podcast. I wrote a letter about what I wish I knew before my dad passed away suddenly when I was 21. Please let me know if it's okay or if it needs any adjustments. All the best, Angeliza. Now, Angeliza, I have not read this. Mm-hmm. So there is, there's no going back now. Yeah. <laughs> no going back. Okay. I think we should share the, the, we'll see. We can share it. We can, we can flip it, it back and forth. Share the, okay. share the load. Yes. Okay. Dear Angeliza, you're 21 right now and truly you feel like you're on top of the world. After four years in college and transferring schools slash programs. Hey, hey me too. You are finally starting to feel comfortable in your musical theater program. Hey. And starting to finally feel like you made the right decision. Auditioning and peer performances, the bane of your existence, are becoming easier. <laughs> Us too. <laughs> I always hated girl. performing in front of my peers. Awful. You are currently working on three professional shows that are so Whoa. different and fulfilling in different ways. And you're teaching theater kids with a group of people who have quickly become your best friends. You're single for the first time in years and you're having a lot of fun. You're about to finally be a senior in college. You may not be sleeping enough. You may be eating too many, too many chocolate covered espresso beans. Hey. Whoa, totally did that too. And you may not be able to see slash talk to your family as much as you would like, but your life is pretty good right now. However, August 10th, 2014 will bring your carefree existence and your childhood to a screeching halt. You know, your dad had a, you know how your dad had a torn, had torn his patellar tendon at your brother's lacrosse tournament in June. Do you remember how he had that horrible reconstructive surgery on July 19th, where he had the terrible reaction to the anesthesia? Remember how he hadn't been able to see any of your shows that summer because he was in that crazy leg brace? Well, on August 10th, he's going to have a pulmonary embolism from a blood clot that formed at his surgery site that his PT did not catch. Yes, he had one right after your 18th birthday, but this time... No one will be home to call nine one one because they're all they're all be at one of your shows. Oh. This time the clot will pass quickly through his heart and into his lungs, and this time he will die. 
Here are some things that I wish I knew before your life was changed forever. Okay. You can read that first one. First off, how... That's just heartbreaking. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I went through that. And thank you for sharing this story with us. Family is the most important thing in the world. You know this in your head and heart, but show it in your actions more. If you're worried about someone, tell them. If you miss them, tell them. Show and tell your family that you love them, listen to them, and talk to them, and be there for them. You will regret not calling your dad more often in the weeks following his surgery. You will be haunted by the knowledge that you last spoke to him a week before he passed. Forgive yourself. You had no malintent, and your last conversation was good, a bite sad. He knows you love him with your whole heart, and you showed him that. But honor his memory by continuing to love those around you. Grief is hard. It does not, it does get easier eventually, but it will take years. There is no prepping for the horrible hole that is about to be made, it, that it's about to make its home in your heart. You will never stop grieving. Years later, when you're 27, you walk into your aunt's house on Thanksgiving and catch your breath, catch yourself looking around for your dad, mm. only to feel your heart break all over again when you realize he's not there. You'll cry yourself to sleep for the next few nights. But please know, while the pain will always remain, it will become less oppressive over time. Everyone grieves differently. You need to talk with people about your pain, but your sister needs to be alone to process and truly cannot handle you right now because she's angry. Your mom will cry a lot, and it's okay that that overwhelms you. Just because your brothers are stoic doesn't mean they don't care. Humans are all individual and unique, and grief processes are no exception to that rule. You need to get into therapy right away. Your PTSD diagnosis alone will help you relax some because your anxiety is out of control and you worry that you're forever this broken person. You're not, but you need help. People do grieve differently. Oh, massively. For for everything, they grieve differently. Massively. And I, I totally feel that of the, your sister needs to be alone. There's I'm that person. That you need to be alone. And then I'm the person who needs to just like cuddle and talk it out and get everything out. So I feel that one. Okay. Your friends and family are there for you. Your worlds will all collide as people offer your, you support, condolences, love, food, and flowers. It's incredible how much tragic events can bring people together. Hold on to the love and use it to continue to build relationships with others. Mm. So something I've learned with lots of death in my family is death brings a lot of food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It brings a lot of food. Well, because I think especially when people don't know how to help. That's the last thing that somebody thinks about mm-hmm. is how to feed yourself and your family when mm-hmm. you go through something like that. And you almost don't want to eat. You don't. But and, it's the way that people can show that it's some way people can help without being intrusive, I think. Yeah. <sighs> Everything happens for a reason. Around the time your dad dies, your future husband breaks up with his ex-girlfriend, a billion percent unrelated to you. He reaches out to offer condolences and ends up coming to visit you at your mom's house during that insane week to take you to cupcakes. You keep talking, and two months later, you start dating. Four years later, you get engaged. Five years later, you get married. His constant love and support and presence in your life will help you to survive this turbulent era in your life. And that's one of many ways how you'll know he's the one for you. Oh, wow. That's a beautiful, like, quip of, like, your story. Yeah, I, I like that. Okay. Please have cupcakes at your wedding. Oh, you got married. You got Never ready. mind. I hope you had cupcakes <laughs> at your wedding. 
<laughs> I hope so too. Okay. Ask questions now. Get the stories oh. while people are still here to tell them. That's so true. Okay, that's where I lost it. <laughs> Your dad was undoubtedly the most interesting human in the world, but you only know snippets of his 46 years of life before you. He was a college athlete, could play every instrument under the sun, was in one, was in one of the first go-go bands in D.C., <laughs> had a RCA record deal, had perfect relative pitch, Moved, D- from, moved to D.C. from West Virginia as a black child in the 1950s. Wow. Was one of the first students in a D.C. integrated public school. Raised your older brother and sister into full adults. Was an uh, award-winning high school basketball coach. Had the most beautiful love story with your mom. And that was all before he, had, he was the best father ever to you. Ask, listen, and learn before those stories die with their human. He sounds amazing. God damn. Look for signs of him. They will bring you comfort. When a butterfly lands on your cousin's shoulder at the funeral and stays for several minutes, a few more butterflies fly through the burial. And a butterfly flies next to you at school a week later, all after he and your mom had just been discussing an article about how there was a butterfly decline that summer. Your whole family will find some peace in seeing his spirit in butterflies. He will also visit you in dreams. Treasure those visits as hard as they can to be wake to ooh, treasure those visits as hard as they can be to wake up from. Mm. You will get jealous of people with two parents. Feel your feelings as you need, but also feel happy for them. You would never wish this pain on anyone else. Whew. Do something. It will take you years and Facebook's birthday donation feature, but eventually you'll realize that there's an organization called the National Blood Clot Alliance that works to provide blood blood clot education and awareness. Support them, host fundraisers for them, repost them. This is the positive side of social media. The organization leaders are amazing and super kind. They even come out to see you perform. Wow. Offer them the same support and continue to promote them when you move to NYC. Man, Angeliza, we need to come. We need to have a, I know. We need to have a drink. <laughs> okay. The next few years won't be easy. You'll cry the months leading up to your wedding slash your wedding day because your dad won't be there. You'll cry a lot, actually. You'll feel empty, sad, and direct- directionless often. You will feel like you don't know how to sing anymore now that your Simon Cowell level critical vocal coach is there to remind (laughs) you to listen breathe and that every note counts you'll never sleep in your childhood bedroom again because it's too hard sleeping in the room Mm. that he essentially built for you he even installed allergen proof laminate floors oh but the next few years will also be amazing you'll graduate from college you work a variety of jobs as you continue to perform professionally and establish yourself as an adult human in this world. You'll become a fitness coach. Angeliza, we need to yeah, talk. Yeah, we need to fitness talk. Fitness coach. And you're pretty darn good at it too. You'll marry your best friend. You'll become closer with your sister than you ever dreamed. And you get to work with her both on stage and in the studio. Aww. Your family will be the biggest supporters and your favorite people. You'll finally finally realize that they will be okay if you live somewhere else and get up the courage to explore life in a new city. You can feel multiple things at a time. You can be happy and sad. You can feel empty and whole. It's okay. Life will be more different than you ever dreamed, but it will all be okay. 
love me. Thank you so much for sharing that, that letter. And I know we didn't talk a lot <laughs> during it, but I have never lost a parent, so I I didn't want to say anything that seemed disingenuous. Um, That's amazing. That was really insightful. Thank I, you. I will show you some photos. Oh gosh, I feel like I know him. I know. It's amazing. So I believe this is their family. And oh. then the photo below is of him and her when she was a little oh. kid. And then the one below that is of her with uh, her siblings and him. Oh, wow. Oh. These are beautiful. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> wow. I love that. Angelisa, thank you so much. Thank you. For sending that to us. That I was inc- what incredibly well-written and elegant a great way to explain what happens when you lose a parent to somebody people that people have never experienced something like that and it's something that I think I'm I, I reached a point probably about 25 where so four years after this happened to you but at 25 where I realized my parents weren't going to be around anymore oh, God, I can't do it can't think about it and my mom had a cancer diagnosis yeah. since I was 20 and I you know I went through that thinking she wasn't going to be around and that was really hard but I think as I'm getting older I'm realizing that my parents are too yeah as and that's really hard that's, and I, I think that's one of the hardest parts of becoming an adult yeah and I think especially hard because we don't live near them yeah that too oh fuck okay I'm glad we have this wine oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh me too oh Whew. that was wonderful and and something that neither one of us have experienced so it was really incredible to read if any of you guys have things that you've gone through we would love to to hear about it and to learn i'm learning so much about myself and you and the people around me through this podcast i've had people reach out who i haven't talked to in a long time who Mm -hmm. have said like I've written myself a letter. I like I I've gone through this as well. I hearing your words, you say you went through it makes me feel less alone. Like I I never realized the community around me is so big and that my emotions are not just mine. They are shared by a lot of people too. So, I'm learning a lot. I am too. But thanks for joining us in this uh mini episode number 2. Number dose. <laughs> so we would love to hear from you. Uh, email us at dearmelovemepodcast at gmail.com with your letter. And then um, I I responded to Lauren and mm-hmm. Angelisa asking um, for pictures that they would like to include and also their Instagram um, tags mm-hmm. if they would like to be tagged. So if you want to include a photo in your um, letter and I will probably email you or T, yeah. T or I One will email will... you letting you know that this week we are reading your letter so yes. you are prepared for it so yes. you're not just like oh my god like <laughs> so that you know yeah. it's coming so you know and it's, coming. it's not going to be a surprise and exactly um and again we've said this before if you just want to write a letter and not have it read right. you just we- want us to be your sounding board and put absolutely. it out into the world we're there for that too just make sure you put, put that, that in, in the, the subject, subject line absolutely and we'll read it and in apple podcasts rate review and subscribe we're there we're there for you um and we would love if you're there for us too we so love you guys have a great uh start of your week and tell people that you love them Ugh. that's what you should take away from this episode tell Absolutely. people you love them please do that we love you guys we love you goodbye goodbye